great stories from amazing people. Conversations from the Marsh at Podcast Alley. This is Sports and More with Dean Millard. What if a guy hits 400 this year? Like, how, yeah. do, you, how do you recognize uh, it, that? It's that's where you, you, that's the one part where you might have to put an asterisk beside it yeah. because 400 is such like a, a holy grail outside of before the home run record was that, but 400 is something that's completely impossible to do over 162 game season. So that one to me would have to be the only one you'd have to asterisk. You know, you're not going to break any record stolen bases. You're not going to break anything like that. ERA, who knows? Whip, whip and but ERA, think, you could. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like so, uh, those are the ones you have to think about too. Yeah. So it's like it's such a sharp. Pitchers know it's a sprint and know they don't have to worry. There's no innings, you know, they have to worry about and stuff like that. So it's going to be fascinating to see uh, the older arms and the younger guys that are coming off surgery and the guys, you know, you don't want to pull out a prospect's arm, but now you can because you don't have to worry about a 162 game schedule. So it's going to be clearly something to keep an eye on if the holy grail of a batting average of 400 is possible. Hello there and welcome to Sports and More, the podcast. My name is Dean Millard. This is episode 52. Thank you very much for downloading it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on what time you are listening to this. Almost anything goes on this program. We mostly stay away from politics and always stay away from religion unless you are praying uh, to the sports gods, which you're fine to pray to. I don't think they exist, just like I think it's okay to talk about a shutout or a no-hitter. Anyway, that was Jamie Thomas, uh, my good friend, my former roommate. He works for Jets TV. He's also big into uh, fantasy sports. Him and I are going to do a fantasy podcast at some point in the next little while. We're going to do a full Major League Baseball preview today. Uh, We'll tell you about Fantasy Fun Time, the podcast that's on the way. We'll dip into the NHL a little bit, but mostly it will be a Major League Baseball preview. What teams can you expect in the playoffs? What teams will be playoff surprise clubs? What about if somebody hits 400? Lots to discuss uh, with uh, Jamie Thomas of Jets TV. Uh, Our weekly tribute is uh, something where I just like to uh, give a shout out to somebody. We'll also, of course, have our uh, top three brought to you by Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports, the poll question, and perfect player today is the Montreal Expos. You pick three guys that played for the Expos, put them together to make the perfect player. So we'll get onto all that as we go. But uh, the weekly tribute is something I just like to just recognize somebody for doing something nice. You know, I've talked about the the Jiffy Lube in St. Albert with their great signs and all, you know, the frontline workers. Today, uh, I, I'm, I'm thanking uh, my partner, my wife, uh, Trish. Uh, we just celebrated our 13th wedding anniversary, and it hasn't exactly been 13 smooth years. Uh, I've been open and honest about my struggles and my journey with mental health, and without her, I wouldn't be talking to you. So just wanted to do a tribute to her for putting up with me. Uh, she basically cut her vacation uh, short last week because I wasn't doing well and she needed to come and uh, save me again. So to Trish, I love you. Thank you. That is my weekly tribute to my wonderful wife and my savior. Not all heroes wear capes. 
All right, let's get on to the uh, top three. As mentioned, brought to you by Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. You know, your fantasy hockey league is probably over because very few fantasy hockey leagues dip into the playoffs. That's not the case with UFFS. This platform is so cool. We are, after the play-in round, we are going to have a redraft. Not a redraft, but a playoff draft where all the fantasy teams that are out of the playoffs, we get to pick from their teams. So if Steven Stamkos is on a non-playoff team in our league, he gets drafted into the playoffs. It's so cool. And then a non-playoff team gets a portion of the winner's share if they have any guys on there. So it's such a realistic platform. And while all 31 franchises are sold, that doesn't mean you can't entice an owner to sell his or you can become a scout. That's right. You can actually scout prospects. You can list them. They're yours. And then when they get auctioned off to the franchises, you get some cashola. It is simply amazing as an owner, as a scout. Uh, it's just a brilliant platform. So check it out at www.uffsports.com. In this format, you own the game, so get in the game. All right, so our top three then is our surprise Major League Baseball playoff teams. I want to know who your top three surprise Major League Baseball playoff teams are. Hit me up on Twitter, at Duck Millard, and let me know. Let me know what you think um, your three teams will be. My honorable mention is the Blue Jays, just because they're young. And who knows what youth might do on a 60-game stretch. They could just go on an absolute heater and sneak into a wild card. Uh, my number three team is the Cincinnati Reds. I think the two central divisions, particularly the NL Central, are up for grabs. Uh, the the uh, the AL Central, there's some, you know, I think the Twins probably win it, but don't discount the White Sox. So the Reds are my number three team because the NL Central is, I think, fairly open. I, 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 I think that uh, there's a few teams that could uh, win that or grab a wild card spot. Same thing for the White Sox. And then I'm going with the San Diego Padres. They started pretty hot last year. And then a young team, they struggled. Plus, you know, they lost to the Dodgers a lot. But they have a pretty talented infield. You got Hosmer, you got uh, Prefar, you got Fernando Tatis Jr. And I'm not a big fan of Manny Machado, but he does uh, get the job done. As long as you don't ask him to run out a base hit in the world series so the padres are kind of my and and i think the padres are probably like a sexy pick for a lot of teams because they're so young but they're my number one team to uh maybe sneak in and at least contend in that play-in game at the, at the very least for me that's a playoff spot so uh jays reds white Sox, padres you can get more details, by the way, on Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports at www.uffsports.com. It really is the most realistic fantasy platform out there, and there are some big, big plans with this. Not just hockey, some big, big plans on the way. Also, I want to tell you to check out Podcast Alley. You can hear one-timers with Jamie Thomas, where we get to know a little bit about uh, his uh, sports history as a kid. 
Tracking the Draft with Craig Button comes out on Thursday. Cole Perfetti is our top shelf talent that we will be featuring uh, on this week's show uh, with Craig. Uh, it'll be episode four of uh, the prospects or of uh, tracking the draft. Uh, pardon me. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, Cole Perfetti on uh, this episode as far as our top shelf talent. Uh, Luke Tuck and Martin Kromiak as well on the next wave. So that'll come out on Thursday. And Chris Lavoie from Can Delta. We're going to talk about retail consulting and one hitters on the Cannabis 101 podcast out later today. You can find all of that information and great podcasts at podcastalley.ca. All right, let's get to know our guest of the day, Jamie Thomas with the bio. Time for the bio. Jamie Thomas was born in Calgary, Alberta, but moved to Cochrane when he was nine years old and grew up just outside of Calgary, graduating from Cochrane High School, home of the Cobras. His first broadcasting job came with Global Lethbridge, where he anchored and reported sports while also serving as color analyst for the Lethbridge Hurricanes of the WHL. From there, like Johnny Cash, he's been everywhere, man. Global Saskatoon, Global Winnipeg, A-Channel Edmonton, where we were roommates, Sportsnet in Toronto, TSN Radio in Hamilton, and now Jets TV back in Winnipeg with a fantasy sports podcast co-hosted by me on the way. Jamie, it is great to catch up with you once again. I'm hoping uh, we're working on something that uh, will be a regular basis. Fantasy Fun Time, a podcast about fantasy sports and live sports are coming back. That means fantasy sports are coming back. It's it's starting to, we're starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel, eh? Yeah, we've waited a long time for this. And I mean, as much as, you know, there's a big part of the question about COVID-19, putting an axe in all this and slowing it all down. We all need sports. Like I, I shouldn't speak for everybody. I need sports. I need something to watch, to take my mind off something for a little bit. Yes, there's lots of more trivial things going on in the world that are more important, but I just got to step away for a few hours at a time. And maybe on August 1st, I'll step away for nine hours. But I want that opportunity to make that choice, to go away, get mad about somebody missing the net, uh, be happy when somebody gets a hat trick, and then just to, just take in the brilliance of athletes. Uh, that's that's what I need. And I, I'm sorry if I spoke for everybody else in that situation. Yeah, and we're going to try and talk about it every week on uh, uh, Fantasy Podcast because, uh, you know, oddly enough, uh, we've both been in a lot of fantasy leagues and we're just in the process of, of you handing the commissioner reins over to me in our baseball podcast. Yep. So uh, I, I love the uh, possibility of us talking fantasy sports once a week. Yeah, I think we can do it. I think we can pull this off, and I think there'll be a lot of – we'll pull in some stuff. You know, there's, there's a lot – it's easy to go to places, but sometimes you just want that half hour to, to take something in when you're driving to work. We're going to provide that should we get this off the ground, and we're doing our best to get it there. You betcha. Uh, let's quickly, before we get into uh, the baseball preview, uh, tell me what it's like right now. Uh, you know, obviously you're with Jets TV. The Jets ramping up for August 1st or the, the exhibition games, I think, on the 28th, I think. But what's it like right now uh, around the Jets leading up to this uh, strange world of hockey that we're going to be watching? Well, it's, it was so exciting, you know, because, you know, they get on the ice and you're actually watching guys skate around in circles. <laughs> which I'm not going to lie, sometimes about game 50 in February, you're like, oh gosh, yeah. 
Here they are. They're doing the, they're warming up the goaltenders again. Oh, there's the line rushes. Oh, there's the power play. And you're like, here we go again. I said that when sports stopped, I will never complain about the length of any season ever again. Uh, it was fascinating, but now it's, it's drying up, right? The storylines are, are drying up quickly. Uh, you can only talk about how today's practice was, the ramping this up. This is what the power play looks like. The Jets are exactly the same as they were before the pause. They're healthy. Before the pause, they were getting healthy. So it's the same line. Connor Hellebuck, the Vezina Trophy finalist again. I tell you, if he doesn't win, I'll be shocked this time around. Um, and then now it's like Paul Maurice is kind of going through the motions, right? And usually in training camp, about five days in, there's an exhibition game. So you have something to work off of. We don't have that right now. Uh, they were supposed to scrimmage on Wednesday. Uh, I'm sure this will be up before then around that time, but they, they've, they've shut that down. Um, so a little less to talk about, but I think, you know, they're getting antsy. They want to get in the bubble. I believe in the process here. I believe once they get inside the bubble, everybody's going to be fine. Uh, and this will this should go smoothly. Uh, I, I'm not a dreamer. I'm not. I don't have my head in the clouds, but I believe in the system they've set up, and I believe everything's going to be safe. But uh, we got to get there. So being around it, it's very interesting. We're in a, we're in a restaurant at Bell MTS Iceplex, um, watching the uh, the players. We cannot get anywhere near them. Um, we have to come in about a half an hour before practice starts. And then the doors lock. Nobody can get in or out of the building until practice is over. And then uh, we go on with our lives and we do the Zoom interview. So it's different. Uh, it takes a little bit longer to get what you need out of the players because guys are sitting down from six to ten minutes instead of your one-minute scrum, right? You know, you roll in, right. uh, you get your, your clip, you leave. Now you're with the guy for six, seven minutes. We were with 11 minutes yesterday. Paul Maurice was 30 minutes when camp first started. So uh, it's a little bit different. Uh, is it better? I don't know, but it's different. No Brian Little for the Jets? That He's not expected to be yeah. joining them? No, he's still, uh, you know, it hasn't been given enough uh, clearance to go yet, just yet. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing uh, how much Brian Little has gone through, right? He came back for a bit and you thought he was getting there and getting there and mm-hmm. just something else happened, right? So it's, uh, you get hit in the eardrum and that we all, you know, the equilibrium gets thrown off, the uh, concussion and all that stuff for Brian Little. And the, you feel bad for the guy because he's, one of the, my favorite people on the team and uh, to see him get hit the way he did on a sl- errant slap shot uh, was really eye-opening. And now he just, he's got a young kid and a wife. Uh, there are other things that are more important in some aspects. We're not sure if this is the end, but uh, for the time being, Brian Little will not join the Winnipeg Jets for this, this the run to the Stanley Cup. Okay, so Hellebuck uh, for the Vesna, and, and like you said, you'd be surprised if he didn't. Dreisaitl, uh is he going to win the heart? I love Connor McDavid's quote today. I don't know if you saw that. He said, uh, yeah. I have faith in the players. I don't have faith in the media for making the right decision. Yeah. Who would you uh, pick for the heart trophy? I, I have a hard time believing the media will not select Connor, or sorry, Lane Dreisaitl. Um, Artemi Panarin is an interesting case, though, because I just saw his five up, five on five numbers, and his numbers after January 1st, and he made a very good push towards the end there. But I think Dreisaitl's performance without Connor McDavid in the lineup and um, the fact he won the scoring title, and just there's so many other superlatives you can throw in there. But, man, what a one-two punch they have in those two players. And, uh, you know, I, I think it, I would be shocked with him as well, not not winning. But it's going to be very interesting. Nathan McKinnon is a great study as well. So a great bit of candidates. I think that's the big question mark on that one. Uh, most of the awards, I think, are up and down. And Connor Hellbuck, to me, seems to be the hands-down winner. But everything else is kind of up in the air. But, man, I, I can't wait to see who wins the Hart Trophy. But first, let's see who gets the Stanley Cup.
Yeah. So uh, for those people that are thinking that Drysaddle just automatically feeds off McDavid, for most of this year they didn't play together. Drysaddle and that's right. And Yamamoto were a great pair. McDavid and Nugent Hopkins uh, uh, had some great chemistry. Of course, on the power play, and that's they're why together. they were better. And they, exactly, that's why and, they were better. And, yeah. But the, the the whole argument that Drysaddle is just a benefactor of McDavid was proven false. Uh, he definitely benefits from McDavid, but not the only reason he is a Hart a Trophy uh, candidate. Okay. Let's get to some that baseball That is the Eastern talk. view. Yeah, the that's Eastern right. vision, yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Eastern bias. You, and you live there, right? You you, you kind of yeah. saw that that there is sort of an Eastern oh. bias, isn't there? You know, like that thing I saw on NHL.com yesterday when they put Matthews, Marner, and Tavares together. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, they're like, it's an all-star line. I'm like, is this, is this the first time in the history of ever that the three <laughs> best players have been on one line? Because I, I will put Mark Stipley, Blake Wheeler, and Kyle Connor against those three anytime and be happy. I, I would be, I would not be concerned uh, at all. So it's just that when that happens every day and everyone's shooting practice and, and there's like a thousand trillion views and likes, I'm like, what is going on here? This is not the only team living there now. I totally get it. Now I watch around it. I've seen guys cry when the least loot, when the least lost to the Bruins in seven games, and they're up four one or whatever. Yeah. I've never seen so many grown adults cry. And, and we were working in a newsroom and it's just because the guys are kids, right? They're, they're the guys that cut highlights are young. And they're just getting sure. out of school. They're still a huge fans, but I've just never seen anything like it. And I'll never forget seeing the desk with Ken Reed. And, you know, we're getting emails that say, you know, we were going to Leafs are leaving for Toronto or leaving for the Rangers. We're going to send so-and-so there. We're going to send so-and-so there. And all of a sudden the wheels just came off. And Ken Reed and I, Kenny is a good Western boy. And we're, of course he's from the East coast, but he lived in the West for yeah. a while. And we're just looking at big smiles on our faces. We were just so happy that it didn't happen. My, um, my, but favorite, man, my not, favorite thing was the Leafs the other day, get Leaf uh, fans and media getting excited about the five on zero power play they were running. Oh, Oh, I'm going to send, I want, I can reply with everything with the Jets and just do the same thing. And the five on no power play again, a young kid most likely is running that situation and sure it looks exciting, but to the trained eye, cause you and I are experts at everything, you know? We know, like, what the hell? Anybody could do this. But I could do this. There's on the no opposition. Play. There's no. There's not even. There wasn't even pylons. It was like yeah, I know. The, against the, the invisible the man. Not even there. That's yeah. right. Yeah. The shooter tutor. You better score in a five on zero. Oh, I just laughed when they, yeah. the look at this power play. Yeah, there's no now, opposition. I bet you that will be really good. All right, let's talk. Now I'm getting. Now, now I'm getting mad. So yeah. let's just go on. Here. Let's get to baseball. So sixty game season for Major League Baseball. At one point, I just thought hockey should have just canceled. I was really discouraged and I was worried. Yeah. Do you think baseball is making the right choice by going to sixty games? Well, should they have canceled it altogether? Are you worried about all the travel? Like, what are your thoughts on this? 60 game season i'm i am i need sports so from a selfish perspective uh I'm, I'm glad they're doing it do i agree with baseball i'm talking the owners and the commissioner dragging things out so they got their 16 game schedule uh no uh do i like the process and how they couldn't come to a new collective bargaining agreement in this, these unique times uh very tone deaf in my opinion and i don't like that part but i do like the 60 game schedule i like how they're staying in their division and in the national, you know, there are opposite uh, leagues division as well. So if you're NL East, you're playing the AL East as well. Uh, I, I love that idea, cutting down the travel. Is it dangerous? Is it safe for the players? Yes. I'm just hoping everybody stay, is smart about it. And I believe they will be because I know they realize what's on the line here. Uh, it it had to happen. There's it, Everything's a business decision. And they'll say, 
uh, to, you know, to you and me, you know, this is, we were, we were thinking about the safety of the players. Uh, we saw firsthand the national football league, where there was no plan heading into training camp. Um, this is all about money and there's a lot of money on the line. If these guys don't get these seasons finished up. So the players and the league both have a lot on the line. So yeah, I'm glad it's baseball. Okay. So when we look at this season and, and, you know, I'm excited about it because it, it's an absolute sprint and we could see some real surprises. Do you look at yeah. a few teams that you think could benefit from the short season? And then a few teams that, you know, the opposite that might start, like if you look at the nationals last year, after 60 games, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. Yeah, I know. And that, that's the thing, right? To me, a short season, because you're, I'm thinking the Yankees right now, because outside of the Dodgers, probably hands down best team in baseball talent wise. Um, and you have to wonder, you know, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton are healthy right now. And it's impossible to keep those two healthy right. for a full 162 game schedule. James Paxton just coming back from bad injury. Now I think you have this compact schedule. Now this, this team can be you know, great. And they were not over 60 games stretches or whatever last year. I think their worst record was 37 and 23. So that, if you keep that up, you're, you're going through, right? So I think the Yankees are, are going to benefit from this. Their bullpen's unreal. Uh, of course, you know, a shortened season is going to make things good things for their, their arms. The Reds, uh, because they don't have to face the National League East. So their pitching staff with Trevor Bauer and Luis Castillo, uh, that's another team I think benefits from it. And San Diego, young pitching staff. Mm-hmm. Same as the Reds, no National League East on their schedule, so I think they benefit. So the teams that don't, the Oakland A's, the traditional slow starters. So that, you know, that, that like the national start, that's not going to help you. And Jose Ramirez and the Cleveland Indians could single-handedly sink the Indians to me because you never know what you're going to get from him for months and months. Like an unreal talent, but he can just go in the tank for a month, and I think that's, that could hurt a team like the Indians. So that, that's, those are your, that's, to me, so Yankees, Reds, uh, Padres teams that are going to benefit from the short season, the teams that will struggle, I think, the A's and the, and the Cleveland Indians. I look at a team like the uh, the White Sox, and uh, you know they've yeah. got a pretty good lineup, and they also have a, a guy that I'm not going to say he's the X factor, but he could be a difference maker in Dallas Keuchel, who really didn't get on track last year. He's older, mm-hmm. and a shortened season where he can just go all out allows him to, I think, have a a, a big impact on the White Sox in that AL Central. Yeah, and the White Sox are the team that, you know, we, you kind of talked, gave me a little bit of heads up. And the White Sox, to me, are a team that could surprise this year. Like, mm-hmm. Lucas Giolito is finally looking like the guy that he's always supposed to be. It's taken him a long time to get here, but that guy is, like, looking like an ace. So they got a very good lineup, a young team. So young teams clearly are going to be the ones that will have advantage here uh, in a shortened season like this because it's, just, it's go, go, go every day, and they're not going to be tired early on here. So... Uh, I'll throw the White Sox in there uh, in, in that in that mix, but I agree with you in that in that in that situation. And and I like the the the, the other team that I think uh, could sneak in, and you mentioned them earlier that will benefit from a short season is a team like uh, the the Padres. I, now I don't yeah. think they're going to unseat the Dodgers in the in the NL no. West, but they can sneak they're in a as a wild card candidate. candidate. Yeah, yeah, same thing, right? Another young team uh, and solid pitching in a in a park that is friendly to pitching and and in Petco park in San Diego. So that kind of helps you out for 30 games too. Right. So yeah, I, I, I you always want those younger teams. Cause to me, Dino, we're going to get to this in a second, but I don't think there's any doubt about a bunch of divisions. Who's going to win it. Like there's no, there's four divisions of the six are like no brainers. Right. Who's going to win unless there's like a shock in it. 
but you want those younger teams and you want those teams. The Padres have actually spent some money recently. You like to see investment in those types of things. I, I like it every once in a while where a team feels good about themselves. They spend the money and you, and you want to see people, re, you know, rewarded for that. I, unless it's like sloppy, uh, all over the place, spending way too much money in an agent veteran or whatever. But I like those guys that have waited patiently by their time, brought their prospects up. And I believe the White Sox and Padres have done just that. And, Especially in their pitching and in, in their pitching and their bullpen, and hopefully uh, we we they provide some excitement instead of uh, the kind of it's it's cool. I'm a Dodgers fan through and through. I'm I want I want them to go sixty and zero. That will be make me happy. But you want something else in there to, to to sweeten things up a little bit as they get closer to to the to playoffs. Okay, so we're we're gonna get to uh, prediction of division winners later, and and like you said, mm. it's it's not that difficult in some of them, like the AL East, where the Yankees will most likely win that division. <clears throat> where do the yeah. Jays sit in all of this? We talked about young teams; they definitely mm. fit that category. They went out and they got a pitcher. I'm still not convinced they're gonna get the same. Uh, Ryu that the Dodgers got without the protection of yeah. uh, Kershaw and Bueller, but still he's going to be a difference maker. Where do you see the Jays in this season and, and what they might be able to do? If, if they were playing in Rogers Center for the 30 of their home games and were half to transplant, I would give them a little bit more. This is this to me, uh, this is going to be a little bit of a distraction for them. Pretty tough to come over, but I love the fact, you know, after all this time that were, they were kind of, and this is why it was kind of upsetting for me. Uh, you wait patiently as a baseball organization and you've torn it down and your prospect coverage has been torn apart by the pre previous regime to try and get you to playoff success. And they had that for two years. Now that this, you know, Ross Atkins, Mark Shapiro have taken a lot of criticism. Some of it well-deserved, some of it not. And here they're kind of coming around the corner. Your top players, your young players are starting to come in and take over this team. And uh, the face of the franchise has changed and everything like that. But I think now, it's going to be tough for the Blue Jays to compete, not only with the Yankees, the Tampa Bay Rays have maybe arguably the best pitching staff in baseball. Uh, they're a very, very interesting constructive team, and the Jays always suck against the Rays. It doesn't matter how mm. good or bad the Rays are. Toronto just can't seem to figure it out with, with the Tampa Bay Rays. So I, I find it tough to believe they'll be in the conversation for a playoff spot, but they're going to be a lot better than they were last year where everyone's going to be wanting to see how good this team is going to be eventually. And I think this is going to be a step in the right direction, but it's not 2020 for, for me, if you know, as a person that watches and is interested in baseball. So the NHL has gone to this expanded playoff format where we're mm-hmm. going to see these play-in games and these round-robin games. It's going to be, I'm, I'm really interested to see how competitive those round-robin games are when they all know that they're going on to the next round. But Major League Baseball... Yeah is going with 10 playoff teams. Is that enough yep. for a short season? I, I think so. I, and, you know, they want to get this done by November. And there's right. always the cause, the fear, the fear of the second wave, even though the, Amer- the United States has not even done their first wave yet. <laughs> um, they're worried about that. Uh, November is, you don't want to be having neutral site games for playoff games. So I'm glad they're doing this. Do I want Do I want to see them expand? I'm, I like this. I like 10. I like this. That, those, that wild card game. In, in the American, the National League, just before the playoffs really start, yeah, uh, I love it. I love that one game. It's setup. great. I don't it's great think you, I don't think you need it anymore. It's the best. And then you get into the divisional round, American League, National League Championship Series, and the World Series. I think it's enough. I think ten's enough. You don't want to draw this out too long. Um, based, the playoffs are magical. It's, it's fall. It's the best time of year of hockey and basketball starting. Not this time around, mind you, but <laughs> yeah. that's usually what it was. 
So the 10 teams is enough. I don't, I think 12 is getting crazy. Um, I don't know how you would do it, but I just love that one game on the Tuesday and Wednesday and then the playoffs get going. So mm-hmm. I, I like 10 and I hope they don't change it. I would, whatever they're going to do, uh, they're, they're going to expand it. And I, I, yeah, would, I would, yeah, I would give up uh, regular season games for more playoff teams. That's one thing I would do, but I would still keep, no matter what you expand to, I would still have those one game playoffs. I think the NHL, when they get back to their regular eight teams in the playoffs, they need to install that play in game because there is so much drama. Uh, so, so I would definitely, whatever you're expanding to make sure you keep that one game. Like dude, I was, yeah. I used just to like, eight, call in sick for, for work to watch those games. Yeah, even just for that one, that final wild card spot in right. each league in yeah. in in the in the East and West, just do it. I know Gary Bettman hates it, and Elliot Friedman has touched on it many times on Thirty One Thoughts. But he he that that eight nine playoff and play in game would be so awesome. Yeah. So uh, maybe they get something when they watch this qualifying round, and and hopefully they, something good comes out of it. So we're both Dodger fans. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you were like always a Dodger fan, but you know, I had affinity for the Expos, my favorite teams, my mm-hmm. favorite player before Oral Hershiser was Tony Pena. So I was a, a Pirates and a Cardinals fan. So I've always been a, mm-hmm. a National League fan. And yet I'm okay with them having the universal DH because nobody wants to watch pitchers hit, uh, you know, the, the three times a um, uh, month that a pitcher does go deep, isn't that exciting and mm-hmm. th- it'll create more jobs. I, I just think you're going to create more excitement with a universal DH. And I still think you can play small ball, but what do you think? Yeah. Do you think it should, do you like that they're doing it this year? And do you think it should continue past this season? Yeah, I, I'm sorry, National League and baseball purists. Like, it just shut up. Like, I'm tired of pitchers hitting. It's it's embarrassing sometimes. And I think you know they're such good players and pitchers in their own right. I don't want to speak for every pitcher because I know there are some good hitters in there. But for every good hitter, there's like six or seven terrible hitters, and it's just too easy of an out. National League pitchers have to go through the same pain as American League pitchers. I hate how they switch over in the playoffs or in the World Series. I can't stand it. Offense is, is to me is everything. So yeah, the universal DH has got to come in and pitchers can just focus on what they want to do. And I'm sure there's some pitchers that love it, but that's what batting practice is for. So I, I don't, I don't want to see you in, in games with time. That's one of the baseball rules that's got to go away. And then bring in the universal DH and hopefully it sticks around for good. Yeah, we did a, uh, I did a poll question, the uh, ultimate franchise fantasy sports poll question at Doc Millard on Twitter. Should Major League Baseball go with the Universal DH after this season? 67% say yes, agreeing with both of us. Um, and, and plus, it means that Madison Baumgartner can't take Kershaw deep anymore because that happens at I least know. twice a year. <laughs> I know. It's like a, it's- it happens like it's yeah. like a crash in in NASCAR. You're like, oh, yeah. awesome, and then it stops, it's, and then you stop watching. Yeah. So it's uh, it's great for it's like a it's a great thing every once in a while, but it doesn't happen enough for me to be excited when they come up. No, and uh, listen, I I love stealing bases and bunting and sacrificing, and I love all that. Just because yep. you have a DH doesn't mean you can. Your DH doesn't always have to be a a two hundred and seventy pound uh, snorting snot out of his nose mustache yeah. power hitter. Yeah. Your DH could be a contact hitter that can also bunt. Yeah, there's there's so many good reasons to to have it and then not to have it. So just bring the DH in, save us all the headache of arguing about this every year. All right, uh, when we look at this uh, shortened season, uh, sixty games. 
What do you think the home run number is going to be? I mean, we we all watched that. Well, not all of us, but a bunch of people watched that yeah. 30 for 30 with Sosa and Maguire. And we remember Sammy Sosa in 20 in a month. Uh, what yeah. do you think? What do you think the number is going to be for for home runs? I, I'm 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 thinking like mid teens, like maybe eighteen, seventeen. I don't know. The projections I see yeah. on a lot of our fantasy sites, they're they're not high. No, and that's going to be so weird. And it's just weird to think a guy would win the bat the, the home run title with fifteen home runs. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to go uh, the lowest the home run champion will be will be fifteen, and I'll say the highest will be nineteen. Mm-hmm. That's just I just can't. I, I, I'm going, uh, Cody Bellinger, the Dodgers is going to win the, the home run title in the NL and Joey Gallo. Cause that guy is like just unreal. Like one of the worst, he's like the biggest one trick pony, I think in baseball yeah. most times, but the fact that he just bombs every 14 at bats is good enough for me. So I think Joey Gallo, for the Rangers, and Cody Bellinger, your AL and NL, uh, home run champions respectively. I'd love to see, uh, I, I hope Jock Peterson plays more against left-handed pitchers because yeah. I think Jock Peterson protected in that lineup could actually benefit, like, you know, Mookie Betts, Mac Muncie, Max Muncie, Ju- uh, Justin Turner and Bellinger. That's a pr- that's, that's gotta be the best top four in major league oh. baseball. The, the, the Dodgers lineup is disgusting. And that's why I hope, you know, I refuse. I've been, t- I've had numerous advances to have someone to get Mookie Betts off me. And I won't do it. I can't do it. I just, I, I want to see what he does. I think he's going to do tremendous things with the top part of that lineup. Um, so I will not get rid of one of the best players in baseball. Uh, four, I've been offered four, as many as four players for him, and good players, starters, uh, but I won't do it. What do you think of them optioning um, Gavin Lux? They're, they're not taking Gavin Lux on their opening day roster. I watched the game last night. He did not yeah. look comfortable, and he did miss a lot of camp, and they haven't said why. Um, you yeah. know, th- this sucks for me because I just signed him to a big deal in our fantasy league, but this is a I bit know. of a surprise. A gun- There's a gun to your head at that point, Dino, so you had to make a tough yeah. choice. Um, and you're not the first guy to bring up a prospect in our fantasy baseball league believing that he's going to be there opening day and then not work out. But I think just the Dodgers have so much talent on their roster but they just don't want to push it. And it's, they have no idea what this is going to look like. They have no idea if the season's going to finish. I think Gavin Lux eventually will find, well, clearly is going to find his way in. Um, but a very interesting, and you can tell you're a talent-laden organization when you allow yourself the opportunity to send Gavin Lux an option. I was watching the, that Dodger game against Arizona last night. Joe Davis and Ora Hershiser had a great conversation about what if a guy hits 400 this year? Like How, yeah. do, you, how do you recognize that? It's that's where you you that's the one part where you might have to put an asterisk beside it yeah. because 400 is such like a holy grail outside of before the home run record was that but 400 is something that's completely impossible to do over 162 game season so that one to me would have to be the only one you'd have to asterisk what you know, about, you're not going to break any record stolen bases you're not going to break anything like that ERA who knows whip and ERA think, you could yeah yeah. I know, like so, uh, those are the ones you have to think about too. Yeah. So it's like it's such a sharp. Pitchers know it's a sprint and know they don't have to worry. There's no innings, you know, they have to worry about and stuff like that. So it's going to be fascinating to see uh, the older arms and the younger guys that are coming off surgery and the guy, you know, you don't want to pull out a prospect's arm, but now you can because you don't have to worry about a 162 game schedule. So it's going to be clearly something to keep an eye on if the holy grail of a batting average of 400 is possible well and and with pitchers you you kind of brought up a good point that is this are we going to see maybe like i don't know i don't know if guys can alt uh just 
turn around and turn into length starters again. But are we going to see yeah. guys maybe going past the sixth inning a lot more than we have in the last few years because it's a shortened season? You don't have to worry about limiting an older guy's reps? Or do you think we're going to see the you know the, the openers and the get to the bullpen in the fifth and the, yeah. re- the reliever fest that seems to go on with teams nowadays? I think early on we're going to see the, the hesitancy to go the distance with their pitchers. A little bit later on, I don't think so. I think you're trying to win. So uh, uh, teams are going to be hesitant to start with with the thought in mind that you can't fall behind far early on in the season because there's little time to recover. So uh, that is something that's going to start. It won't be long before the, the chains, the leashes come off, but I still think we're going to see a little bit of hesitancy to go the distance with pitchers early on, unless you're like Max Scherzer or anybody in, in that stratosphere. So uh, to me, that's that's where it's going to stand out. It's just early on. What about Cy Young candidates? It brings in a lot of different guys because there's not going to be the uh, 300 uh, innings, yeah. right? Or the, 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 the 200-plus strikeouts of the Justin Verlanders out there. So it just brings in more candidates, I think. Yeah, you do. There's like more guys to think about, but I still think you can't ignore like Verlander is still up there. You, you cannot, like Garrett Cole, please in the Yankees lineup like it's just and James Paxton uh to me uh, those the guys are going to be thinking about Jacob DeGrom traditionally does not get the run support he needs I think this is you know that they're he's going to be recognized a little bit more like he already has uh Walker Bueller and Trevor Bauer like Trevor Bauer free agent next year already with that in his back pocket and now he's going into a hitter a pitcher friendly park the great American ballpark in Cincinnati I think that has a recipe for a guy that could win the National League Cy Young Award this year. So while you do have the guys that do have, you know, the guys that are up and comers that could have that opportunity, I still think the veteran and the top pitchers in the league are still going to be in the running when it comes down to it for those that, that AL and NL Cy Young Award. All right. Uh, talk about, uh, we, we chatted earlier about how, you know, the some of the divisions are easy to pick. Give me your division mm-hmm. winners and two wildcard teams uh, or two teams that will play in the, the play-in <clears throat> game uh, for uh, each division in in West and East, or uh, National and sure. American, sorry. National to start with, uh, no surprise, Dodgers and Braves. Uh, and Cincinnati, I think that kind of the guy is a team that, might be a surprise to some, but I think they've built a very good team and their pitching staff is good. And we already touched on that earlier. Uh, Nationals and Padres to me are your wild card teams in the National League. Uh, American League, no question. Yankees, Twins, and Astros. Like I think the American League is like a cinch. Like those those three teams. There's no doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. The Rays could throw a you know a knuckleball in the whole scheme of things for the Yankees, but I doubt it. So and then we talked about the White Sox. So I got the Rays and White Sox as my wild card teams in the American League. The central divisions um, are the only two that are like I, you know, I, I, I strongly think Minnesota is a is a dominant. They have a great lineup, but I yeah. look at there's there's some other contenders in that division that you know I think the White Sox could get hot. I think the White Sox and the Twins will both be in the playoffs, but I think the the two central divisions are the only ones that are up for grabs. The the East and West and both yeah. leagues are you can almost pencil them in right now. Yeah, you can almost pencil. To me, you can pencil in the Dodgers and the Yankees in the World Series even at this point. But uh, that's for another day. But it's just, it's it's the same as last year. There was almost no question what was going on a, a year ago. So you, the Central is going to be have to be where you're going to get your entertainment. Um, if it was a longer year, I think St. Louis would be kind of, of course, always in the conversation in the Central. But I, I I would love to see somebody else. You need somebody to throw a curveball in there and. Uh, Cincinnati, I think, is that team that could do it. How about the long-term impact of a short season for some guys uh, that are, are opting out uh, or mm-hmm. just uh, are playing a short season? Like, they're, they're, we could, 
when some of these guys are done playing, say, wow, that guy came 20 home runs shy of 500, or this guy right. came, you know, 15 or 10 wins shy of 300, right? That Those magic yeah. numbers, because they're either not playing or they're playing 100 less games. Uh, do, do you think that's going to be taken into consideration, the, the COVID era when Hall of Fame voting takes place? I would hope so, because that's, not, that's something that's, uh, act of God in some ways not, when you look at it. So that would have seriously to me would have to be considered. And you're looking at numbers, you're going to be going asterisks besides this year. You have to consider a, a lockout or a strike shortened season in some aspects, but immediately a guy I think of that could be hurt by this is David Price. Yep. So he go he goes to the, the Dodgers loaded lineup and loaded rotation, his clear chance at playoff success. Um, I know he's had a little bit, but man, this is a, a golden opportunity at a World Series for him. So um, I think of him immediately when it comes to that, and especially when it comes to him possibly being a Hall of Famer. That, that's to me, that's a guy that could, could could be hurt by this. But we'll have to see in the long run how that works out. Do you think David Price has done enough in his career to get Hall of Fame consideration? I don't. Like I, when uh, when the Dodgers I, picked I him don't. up, I wasn't excited, but I would still rather yeah. have him in the lineup because the back end of the rotation is not great. But I don't think he's. I don't think at all Hall of Fame for him. No, no, and, the, and I, I I say that with tongue in cheek, like that could really seal the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but but to me, yeah, he to me, he hasn't done enough. He's just been too up and down in his in his in his postseason career to be a Hall of Famer. But when you look at long-term numbers with guys like that, you're going to be like, wow, this guy I thought would have had more wins. Oh, well, he didn't play an entire year because there was a global pandemic, yeah. right? Like, you know, we're going to be telling, kick in. T- telling our, your grandkids about this, like the, the you know, the the year that, the you know, this pandemic took over and so many, you know, the, the, the home yeah. run leader was 17 and people uh, are going to be looking remember. at it saying, what the hell's going on? Yeah, I know. And and I hopefully that the voters are smart enough to realize these types of things when the time comes, but uh uh we will have to see how that shakes out. We talked earlier about parity maybe for the Cy Young. Let's talk about fantasy baseball and the impact on this 60 mm-hmm. game season. I definitely think that's where parity comes in because as I mentioned, Verlander uh not getting to those lofty numbers. D- does it mm-hmm. you know, does it, you know, most people's fantasy drafts are done. We just had ours for our for our other league that uh that you're a part of, but you know, did you look at at drafting differently in that aspect of saying you know, maybe I don't need that number one. Like a number three starter could be almost as valuable as a number one starter in a rotation and get them later in the rounds because of the 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 lack of innings that these guys are going to be throwing, et cetera. Well, you're, you're already looking at guys at the beginning part of the year. If they have COVID, you're like, okay, can I draft him? Right. And, you, and you, you're looking – there's no better example than Mike Trout because Mike Trout would be hands down the first player selected in any draft. I mean, Ronald Cunha could – to throw a curveball in that situation, but Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. Now the whole idea that he could, and he is going to take off for a bit because his wife's supposed to give yes. birth, he, he's going to have to take some time off. Does he come back? You never know if he's like, okay, I have a kid now. Uh, do I want to come back, go back into the into baseball and put myself at risk of getting COVID and thus passing it on to my wife and child? And not that seeing my kid. Thing. And not seeing my kid. And you can't blame him. Anybody that's first-time father, would probably know that, especially when there's a whole, this could have a long-term health effect on my wife and family. Yes. So that thing, so automatically you're thinking, Mike Trout, oh my gosh. And I don't even remember where he went in our draft. I'm trying to remember where he sat. I was not even, I had the sixth overall pick and I thought about it for about a minute. 
And I'm like, nope, can't take that chance because you're like, I, my first round guy is too important. And I wish I could remember where he went. And then even the second round went around, I still wasn't going to pick him then because you're like, I can't lose a guy, an important pick like this to a guy that wants to, because is, 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 I might opt out through, through in the middle part of the season. So you're clearly thinking of any of that stuff, any player. And I even found it funny in our, in our draft. You know, there's a lot of Houston Astros sitting there, and I'm like, is there a lot of guys mad at the Houston Astros? Like, I was, I was trying to figure out if there was some bitterness towards the guys that could quote unquote be cheating because of the signal scandal. So I found a round in the second and third rounds, like Carlos Correa, uh, and and the likes of those types of players. So it, as soon as a guy has a COVID 19 thing attached to him, you're like, I can't draft him in the first or second round. So yep. I that that was I was drafting like that. And you're like a pitcher. If he's not, if he can't pitch because he has COVID nineteen to start, how is it? He's going to take a little while for him to get into it. So yeah, of course you're sitting there looking at it. It was the most. It's a terrible time in human history, but it was a fascinating part to be, uh, situation to be a part of when you're making decisions based on your fantasy team. And again, I like to tell people I am not comparing fantasy baseball to real life. <laughs> of course, but you're having a, it's like you're escaping for a second and you're making decisions based on the pandemic yeah and it, it is different mike trout by the way went eighth overall in our uh in our draft oh, okay. so just after you okay i must have been looking man i must have been looking down somewhere else but you know what oh, it, no no he went I admit, after I was you reading, I, I was admitting i admit the fact that i was reading my daughter a story while doing my baseball draft so that might be why i guess i'm getting drafted well but i, I don't know if i i would <laughs> wouldn't have taken mike trout for that uh same reason because of, I wasn't of, taking him in the first or second. Yeah, and you know yeah. it, it's uh, it, it's it's kind of interesting when you look at um, uh, like the the best player in baseball is saying like I I, I would I don't expect Mike Trout to come back after after his daughter or, or child is born. I just I think this is a guy who has already uh, spoken out about that, and it and it does really make you think like okay is this guy worth it here is this guy worth it here and you know how yeah. much uh how much am i going to get out of this but um it, it also like i looked at it with some guys and said you know i don't have to draft this guy that that high because i can mm -hmm. get another pitcher who's going to almost be as good as that guy two rounds from now because of the shortened yeah. season yeah, I, you know what I love? Uh, my favorite stat in fantasy baseball is they throw average draft position because you're just looking going, okay, this is a lot of other people feeling this way about this guy. I feel he's this high. But sometimes it gives you a good gauge uh, on where millions and millions of other people have flexed this guy because you're like, am I reaching here? And that's what I love about ADP. Mm -hmm. What about uh, underrated fantasy baseball players? Give me three that come to mind for you. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm big on the old guy thing here, Dino. So Nelson Cruz, mm -hmm. uh, guy, you just think maybe the wheels come out from underneath him, but I think he's a tremendous guy in his community, uh, in his home country. And I, I'm pulling for him, but I think he still has a little more tricks in the bag. And I think that's immediately a guy I think of when it comes to underrated in fantasy baseball. Uh, on top of that, uh, I, this is cause I'm old. So I always like favorite guys like this. Lance Lynn, another mm. aging veteran. Uh, great pitching stats a year ago. I think he, he ranked seventh in both innings and strikeouts. Clear indicators that he's an ace caliber pitcher. Most people would say the wheels are going to fall out on him, but I'm, I'm fully on board with Lance Lynn. And Scott Kingery, a guy that can go 20-20 for you every year. Now you're not going to get 20 home runs and 20 steals from Scott Kingery this year. So he's supposed to play a little bit more because Franco and uh, Cesar Hernandez are out of the picture in the outfield for the Philadelphia Phillies. So those are three players I feel that are underrated in fantasy baseball this year. Overrated three players. Who you got? 
Uh, two guys from the Padres, only because they play in uh, a Petco Park, which is a home run killer park for hitters. So Manny Machado, who the Padres unloaded a lot of money for uh, when he left the Dodgers of free agency, and Tommy Pham as well. And then on top of that, you Darvish, an aging pitcher, uh, just has too many injury problems throughout his career, even though his case for nine innings. Uh, are, are up there and, and can be very productive. So much so that I picked him as my first pitcher, but I still think that you Darvish is an overrated pitcher. Those are my top three overrated players in fantasy baseball. All right, so we're gonna have we've got fantasy fun time, a podcast uh, in development, and we're hoping to get yeah. that up uh, very soon. And 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 one of the things that we're gonna do on this uh, podcast is 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 we're gonna debate, and and that might surprise you that I would want to debate because yeah. I, I don't usually like to. to do that, but. Uh, we're going to talk about different things. And one of the things that we just went through in our league was daily versus weekly roster moves. And and we should point yeah. out in our league, because it's head to head, we're doing double headers. Um, so I wanted daily. I think you stuck with weekly. What do you, what do you, I, what's your thought process on daily versus weekly roster moves in fantasy? I, I think it's probably better in fantasy baseball. I've never gone through it because of the fact that you do have starting pitchers, you have injuries. So on and so forth. That's where I like daily because there's nothing worse than you're cruising along and then you lose a guy midweek and you're screwed for the right. rest of the way until it starts. I still think because I did Yahoo Fantasy Basketball, and I'm pretty sure I brought this up with you, the fact that I just had to push a button that said start the guys that are playing today, that made it too easy to me. So there was no real, and it was my first dip in the pond to say it for fantasy basketball. So there's not really any research needed. You just put guys in because they're playing that day. And to me, that takes the fun out of it where you're sitting there, you're aching over your lineup on Sunday, trying to decide to go with the best team forward for a full week. So, you know, I know most pitcher, most managers in baseball agonize over the roster daily. Uh, some of us don't have that time to do so. So you have to have, if you're going to do daily, and this is the only way I would do it is if you have to have 10 to 12 or 16 total fantasy nuts that have the full time and will invest in it or else you're going to have those teams that fall by the wayside and I can't stand being in a league where guys just disappear because it makes it too easy for you to win some weeks and then it ruins your playoff opportunities other weeks too because guys are getting the easy easy wins or something like that so you have to have commitment from everybody that you know they'll do it daily and they're not just going to quit because you know they're falling out and it's too hard to set your lineup every day even though some some apps make it easier for you to do it but I like I like being involved. I don't like it to be too easy, and I also don't like people disappearing. I just like that it's the survival of the fittest. Like if you like weekly right. changes, you can stay with your weekly changes. If you like to be on yeah. top of your lineup, but I do see where um, some guys will just not pay attention. I mean, Dustin Nielsen started an injured goalie in our hockey league, and and I don't know how that oh. ended up happening. We but- can do it. It's just crazy sometimes. First fantasy fun time podcast. We could talk about Dustin Nielsen completely bailing on his uh, GWNHL franchise for two seasons. So that's yeah. a podcast in itself. So anyways, we, I, I, I can totally see it. Uh, there are arguments for both. I did it because our league has been doing it for, when, we, when did we start? 2004? Something like uh, that, yeah. Yeah, it's been weekly and I just thought it was too, we didn't have much of a discussion about it. There hadn't been a lot of time to think about it. So I stayed with the uh, weekly just to start. And it was 6-6 six, six, right down the middle. Mm-hmm. So the rule wasn't changed. But it was really close. And I will consider it for next year when we have more time to discuss it. But uh, there, there are avenues for both. Uh, I admit I can be a little bit of a stickler. for I can be very National League-ish 
where I don't want to change the rules of baseball and fantasy sports every once in a while. Uh, but uh, this year was just too early for me. But I, I get it. I just don't want it to be too easy. I also don't want it to be too, too hard either. Let me correct you. I will consider it next year when I'm the commissioner. <laughs> Right, I forgot. Man. Yes. It, I'm so used to saying I have a man in charge. It's like it, it just feels weird. So how, how, how great you. is yeah? How great is it going to feel when you're not the commissioner? Because man, uh, like like I, I'm ready for the bullets to come at me. Because fantasy commissioners they take the most abuse. Um, I'm, I'm being oh. hyperbolic here, but it's uh, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, you you feel like the president of the United States. I guess you're getting heat every single day. So everybody's got a problem. Everyone's got an issue with you. You have to have thick skin. I used to get stay up at night worrying about it because I wanted everybody to like me. But now I'm just like, uh, one guy, you, you can't sit there and take one guy's concerns and let it ruin you because there's uh, 10 other guys or 11 other people, I should say. They're not just men playing fantasy sports. Right, right. Um, they are, there are 11 other, 12 other people that are pleased with what you're doing. I always like going to other commissioners. And bitching. That's what I, that's what I like to do. I like to complain there and that's where I do it. And that's the end of it. Right. So, and then you have someone who understands you. Um, and then you're, then you feel better. You just need a venting place. I will be there for guidance. You know, I will be there for, uh, if you need someone to vent about, I'm there for you. I totally get it. It's a very frustrating thing, but man, it is so much fun. I will miss it at some point because it gives me something to do on, on the dry days in, in life. But, uh, I, I, I love being a fantasy commissioner. I just can't, more than one league anymore. Well, uh, the, that, that's the thing is that you you get uh, so so involved in one league, it starts uh, when you're when you're doing more than one, uh, it can be oh. a, a real real problem because you're juggling so many things. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be fine. CB, you, you got multiple CBAs going through your mind. You got people going, "Hey, what's the contract cap?" And then I'm like, uh, "I'm thinking of my fantasy football league," and they're like, "No, no, that's fantasy football." I'm like, "Oh yeah, right, right." And then I've got guys telling me what right. the rules are. And I'm the commissioner, so you feel embarrassed, and you're like, "This guy's probably thinking, well, he's the commissioner. Shouldn't he know these things?'" And I'm going back through our our constitution, trying to find stuff like, "Oh yeah, son of a gun, the guy's right. I, I was wrong about that one." So I will I will be happy just to be focused on one CBA and then try and run my other teams. I haven't won a championship in any of my leagues for a long time. It's time to change that. So okay. I, I feel that being a commissioner helps that kind of hinders you from winning unless you cheat. <laughs> We're also yeah, we're also going to have on uh, Fantasy Fun Time the podcast the Taco Award uh, of the week, and this is going to be uh, listeners can submit guys in and gals in their league for the Taco Award, and of course this is named after Taco from the league. Which did did you just discover the league, or had you watched it a long time ago? Okay, so. When I was at Sportsnet, a guy in the highlight department was telling me, oh, you got to try this league. And he gave me the DVD, and I never, I still have it. <laughs> I can't carry it with me. I feel bad. It's probably from his DVD collection, and I have it, and he doesn't have it anymore. So uh, I was sitting there thinking about it. I found it the other day, and then I couldn't find it, right? I look on Netflix. I go Netflix USA, and I think yeah, Hulu FX. has it right it's now. on FX. F- oh, okay, so I never could find it because I never had that channel. Now the game network has it uh, on Bell, I believe. So I've been taping it, and I, every time Des falls asleep on the couch while we're watching Netflix, I immediately turn on the league and start watching episodes. So I, I freaking love Taco. Taco is my. At first, he annoyed me, but now I'm starting to see the genius in Taco because he does not care about his fantasy team, no. and that's the best part about it. That's like he's he's a massive hindrance to the league. 
but I love how happy he is. And he's just a bad human being. Yep. And I just like handing out the taco award every week will be just one of my joys of, of the podcast. And that's one of I'm like, there's so many, I love talking fantasy sports, but this is the part of fantasy sports. I love the most. Just these, these awards you can hand out the battling, the verbatim, like that's the part I love the most. And I can't wait to hand out that first taco award. Yeah. He cares so much about taco corp. I don't know what, how many seasons you're in or if you finished it or, but I don't, I don't even know what season it is. All I know is, uh, the EBDB B and B is just opened up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Come on brothers. Uh, anyway, it gets, it gets, it, it literally, I think has one of the best endings. I can't wait till you watch the final episode and like, it's so fun. Like Ruxin is a terrible person. They, they, they just, to destroy Andre on a weekly basis. I mean, there yeah. are really, there's not really that, that what all of them have terrible, terrible flaws in them. All the characters. Yeah. That's what makes the yeah, show great. It's a, it's a small, small league too. That's the other part, right? They keep making fun. That's only an yeah. 18 league. And like, that's the easiest fantasy league you could ever be a part of is an 18 league. So I love how they talk about that. They make fun of it. And that's the best part of it. So I, I can't, I, I could watch the league all day and all night and i can't wait for that to see how it ends yeah i i can't wait to do the uh, taco award i was so sad when that uh, show ended and the thing that you know when i first started watching it i was like i'm like okay this is kind of weird that that you know this would happen and then you have to you have to you have to suspend disbelief because the stuff they do on that show is so ridiculous that it would never happen you kind of have to just put that in the back of your mind yeah totally and uh, there's a lot there's a lot of weird office, like the relationships are kind of awkward and stuff like yeah. that, but, uh, it, it's, uh, I, I can't wait. I just love the fantasy part of it and how they tie everything. The fantasy is the best. Yeah. They did. They're, they're, uh, burns on each other. Like they are just relentless. Like even husband and wife, they just, they're just relentless with how they tear each other apart. It is, it is not a good morale building show, but it is crazy funny. And, um, and it's about fantasy sports. So we'll be doing the taco award. Let's wrap up with quickly back to baseball. Who wins the world series? Who's in the world series and who wins it? Uh, Yankees, Dodgers, Dodgers win finally since 1988. Uh, I, I can't wait. Uh, I'm buying all the gear. I'm buying a hat, wristbands, socks, belts, uh, everything. So the Dodgers win it, but it's going to be highly entertaining if we get there. I would love to see that. I will buy a, uh, (laughs) A foam finger if they sell those and it'll go good with the Jets foam finger I got when I was in Winnipeg in November. All right. I agree with you, buddy. Thanks for doing this, my man. Fantasy Fun Time, the podcast will hopefully be launching in the next little while and we look forward to watching hockey uh, on August 1st and baseball later this week. Thanks, dude. Okay, buddy. All the best. This is the Sports and More podcast with Dean Millard. Got nothing to drink. How do you smile? No longer a Ah, that was fun. I always uh, love catching up with my uh, old roommate, good friend. Uh, he actually uh, emceed my uh, wedding. Uh, so love uh, catching up with uh, 
Jamie Thomas of Jets TV, and big thanks to Sweet Bejesus for the return uh, for the song "I Got Time" on that return. And I always have a time uh, for Jamie Thomas. You can find Sweet Bejesus and their debut album "Policeman's Creek" at Apple Music. Christian Gutzis and Kevin Dabbs make up Sweet Bejesus. So Jamie and I recorded that yesterday. We mentioned Gavin Lux in that interview. Uh, this news coming down today is that the uh, Dodgers are expected to reach a deal with Mookie Betts for $380 million. Wow. That's a lot of cake. Holy shnikes. Dynamite! 13-year deal. It's expected to be worth uh, $380 million. WEEI's Lou Merloni was the first to break this story that they were closing in on a 10-year extension that was about three fifty to $400 million. And then John Heyman from the MLB Network confirmed that they have been talking. ESPN, ESPN's Jeff Passan added the contract is expected to be worth more than $300 million over 13 years, including the uh, $23 million or $27 million rather that is already owed for the 2020 season. All right, all right, all right. So that's uh, the definition of uh, cashing in. <laughs> you know, when you, when you talk about uh, getting the big deal done, I mean, like this, this puts Mookie best, I think, past Mike Trout. Boston Red Sox are not going to be happy. Not going to be happy because Mookie said he did not want to, uh, he wanted to get to free agency. And I think the Red Sox offered him like 300 million over 30 years. And he came back with 420. Nice. Over 12 years. And ended up signing him to a one-year deal. So, former MVP, uh, the Dodgers' top four is just ridiculous. So, uh, lots to look forward to with Major League Baseball returning tomorrow. You got the uh, defending uh, champs starting things off uh, in Major League Baseball against the Yankees. How about that matchup? And then the Giants-Dodgers. Ah, I can't wait for tomorrow. This is going to be a lot of fun. All right, uh, let's continue on with the show now. That was uh, Jamie Thomas, as we talked about, a Major League Baseball preview. And uh, we still have a few things to take care of on this show. This is a serious message. Peace and love. Peace and love. Our, uh, my, our Myron French question of the day, also known as the ultimate franchise fantasy sports poll question. You own the game with UFFsports.com. Should Major League Baseball go with the universal DH after this season? It's happening this year. So they just say, you know what? That's it. No more separate ALNL. It's all the same no matter what. 67% say yes. I'm in that boat. I love small ball. I do. I love bunting. I love stealing. I love sack fly. You could still do that with a DH. There's no rule that says your DH has to hit power. It doesn't have to be Matt Stairs all the time, right? The career pinch hit leader owns the record uh, for pinch hits uh, of uh, home runs in, in major league balls. It doesn't always have to be that guy. Look at Jake Taylor in major league lays down the bunt. 
and they win. So you can still play small ball with a DH. I know it's a lot about home runs and nobody's stealing 60, 70 bases anymore, but it's time to, you know what, more like also get rid of the shift. You, you know, like if you ever listen to me, anything on our prospects baseball show, I hate the shift, anything to create more offense or more the, the, the possibility of more offense I'm for. You know, I love a guy robbing somebody of a base hit with a great defensive play. But most of the times, a pitcher is not going to hit the ball that hard. So get the DH in there. I'm all for it. I would love to see the DH universal after this year. And you can get more details on Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports at UFFSports.com. You own the game. You can become a scout. If you can't convince somebody to sell their franchise, then you can uh, select players and become king of the scouting world with UFFSports. S. All right, let's wrap things up with perfect player now. We're doing the Montreal Expos. This is where you take three players that played for the Expos, combine them uh, for the perfect player. And uh, I am going with uh, the Montreal Expos today. That's what we're going with. And my three Montreal Expos that I'm going with are Tim Raines, because great leadoff man, steals bases, you know, hits well. Gary Carter. So much power. The kid had it all. Um, he hit for power. Great defense. True leader. So you get leadership. You get power. You get speed. You get batting from Tim Raines. And then you throw Larry Walker in his MVP season of 97 in there. And you got everything. You got defense. You got speed. You got power. You got batting average. You got your five-tool player. So Tim Raines, Gary Carter, and Larry Walker. The kid, the rock, and... The Hall of Famer. Well, I guess there's more than one Hall of Famer in that group for sure. But the most recent Canadian Hall of Famer, Larry Walker. That's perfect player. Tell me who your perfect player would be by using the Montreal Expos. Three players, combine them into one. And that's going to wrap things up for us on the program today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe and leave us a review. And don't forget to head to sportsandmore.ca to check out past episodes and more and let us know what you think of that site and of the show. You can uh, hit me up and also tell me what you think of the show at sportsandmorepod at gmail.com. That's sportsandmorepod at gmail.com. And you can find all of my podcasts at www.podcastalley.ca. If you're interested in getting involved in the show as an advertiser, please email me sportsandmorepod at gmail.com. All right, we're going to head out with the song, the huge song, actually, from Sweet Bejesus. Their debut album, Policeman's Creek, can be found on Apple Music. Big thanks to Jamie Thomas of Jets TV and our Major League Baseball preview. Enjoy the 60-game sprint. We'll be talking a lot about it on this show. And... Uh, keep your ears peeled for Fantasy Fun Time, a new podcast coming from Jamie Thomas and myself in the near future. Here is the huge song. Big thanks to Jamie Thomas and Sweet Bejesus. Playtime is over. All the things that grow up on the land I could pick up with my huge hands I could wave to someone in Yucatan If I held up my two huge hands I could bury everyone
Sam. 